Amen. We'll take your Bible, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Let's get into part 2 of this idea we're talking about perplexed. Are you perplexed about things going on? A lot of confusion around, a lot of things happening. And I want to talk to you from the idea of the way we see it, the way we see it as believers. Not necessarily details and focused in, but keeping the, main, the big picture of things. God's in control. So we're living in, in, in definitely troublous time, troubling times. Uh, you know, the, the Bible uses a word in the King James that says, perilous times will come. Remember that word, perilous? We don't use it much in our language today, but it's the idea that peril or trouble or difficulty, is, times are coming. And kind of got on us pretty quickly, didn't it? Kind of got, got on us pretty quick. Had a lot going on in our community locally, without a doubt. Uh, had a lot going on in our country, which you are well aware of. And not to be negative now, I'm not a, I'm not a Debbie Downer, I'm not a negative person, I'm, I'm really kind of upbeat and very positive about things a lot of, most of the time. Uh, not all the time, but most of the time, let's give you most, all right? Uh, but I believe there's a lot more stuff coming our way. That's not good. We've got to be prepared. And this is not the day to pull back, it's not the day to stay silent, it's not the day to, to just, you know, disassemble yourself from the, 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 the house of faith, the people of God not forsaking your assembling of yourselves together, that, that's going to become more important to us than ever before this coming year and this coming months. There's just no doubt about it. So if you, anything you can do to get in the house of God with the people of God, hang out, do Bible studies together, whatever you can do uh, via technology or here with us. There's nothing quite like being with us. It's going to be more important, I promise you. We're going to need each other more than ever before. All right? All right. Let's read this text again. We, we read this last week. I'm going to start today in verse number 7. Let's read from 7 to 18. And I kind of want to major on uh, verse 16, 17, and 18, but I kind of want to just keep the context here. Let's begin in verse number 7. You ready? Everybody got it? All right. If not, it's right here on the screen. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. You just kind of got this thing of life and death happening in us all the time. So then death is working in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. For all, all things are for your sakes, that grace having spread through the many may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Verse 16, therefore, because of all of this, we do not lose heart. Say that with me, will you? We do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen 
are eternal. This is the word of the Lord to us. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. We ask that you make your word bread. Holy Spirit, give us our daily bread. Give us what we need for today. You know exactly where each heart is, where each person is, each one in this building, each one watching us online, listening to us on the podcast. Lord, you know where each one is. Give us what we need. We're going to trust you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So last week, we, we kind of majored in that verse number seven, that idea of the treasure. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. We talked about the treasure of Christ in us. And that even though we go through difficult times and troubling times, confusing seasons, uh, perilous times, even so, even though we go through those things, God is helping us. God is sustaining us. And God is giving us the power through this treasure that's in us to be overcomers. Now, we put it on T-shirts and things like that, and people say, I'm an overcomer and all that kind of stuff. But being an overcomer is not easy, and it's not for sissies, it's not for wimps. Because if you're going to be an overcomer, you're going to have to come over something. You're going to have to come through some things. You're going to have to go over some hurdles and some obstacles and some hindrances. You're going to have to overcome, and you're going to have to win some battles in order to be an overcomer. And if you're going to win some battles, that means you're going to have to fight. We've got to learn to fight right. But Paul did talk about fighting the good fight of faith. Amen. So we're going to be overcomers. Now we looked at these pairings last week about this, this idea of we're hard pressed. And I believe Paul said we're hard pressed on every side. And it's like trouble coming from all angles. And we've had those seasons in life to where it just seems like everything in your mind, it kind of everything just want to get away. But he says we're hard pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. He talks about we're perplexed, we're confused about what's going on. we got a lot of questions. And maybe we go through seasons in life, and sometimes a long season of life, to where you have more questions than you do answers. You're not sure why this happened, or why this happened, or, or, or what is going to come of it. We get perplexed in times. But even though we're perplexed, we're not a people in despair. We're not without hope. God is with us. Amen. We're people who are persecuted, persecuted for our faith and our beliefs. Now, we don't want to be persecuted for our own nonsense and our sin. That's a different kind of persecution. That's, that's usually warranted and, and, and needed in order to bring correction. But he's talking about the kind of persecution that's unjust, the kind of persecution that's just pure evil. And we're going to see more of that in the days ahead. That's just a fact. In, in our lifetime, we're going to see more of that. The world already sees it on a large scale, followers of Jesus. But he said, even though we're persecuted and, and it's tough and there's a fight against us, we're not forsaken. God is with us. Amen. And even though we at times get struck down or knocked down, we are not destroyed. Even if Jesus said, even, don't even fear the ones that can destroy the body, but they can't touch the soul. But yet fear him who can both destroy the body and the soul. Jesus talked about that destruction. So, so when we're in Christ, even though they may strike us down and they even may take us out in some sense, we're not destroyed. We have a building made with God, not made with hands. Amen. That's in, actually in the next chapter. That's actually the very next thought from what we just read, that what I just said about us having a, a house built with God, a, a, something that's not made with hands, not human. So our faith and our hope. So we go through all these difficult times. We know that. Our faith and hope is in this, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus. Do you believe that? That no matter what you go through, 
God is at work and God will raise us up. He'll raise us up out of it. He's going to work it out for our good. That's, that's a real foundation of our faith. That's a real foundation of our sanity and our peace to know that even though we get knocked down and we get, get fed up sometimes and we're pressed and, and pressured and perplexed, that God has the power to raise us up. And here's the good news. He's made a promise to raise us up. Resurrection is his specialty. Nobody else can do this. Nobody else can duplicate this. No other kingdom can bring it about. God has the ability that it, he, he says by his word, it ain't over until I say it's over. And he has resurrection in him. Resurrection life is one of his name. I am the resurrection and the life. We live with this truth, we go through difficulties with this truth, and we'll also face the grave with this truth. We're going to die with this truth, believing that even though we die, He will resurrect us in His time. That's, that's a real important thing to remember. Paul said that is the key to getting through all that hard stuff. All the hard stuff we're going through. Remember, keep the hope, keep the faith that God will Raise us up. All right. And because of this, verse 16, we don't lose heart. We do not lose heart. Say that with me again. We do not lose heart. We do not give up. We're not a people who get knocked down and then we quit. We, the scripture says the righteous man, though he be knocked down seven times, he will rise again. We're people that raise ourselves up off the ground. We're people that pick each other up off the ground. We're people that help restore lives. Our God is a restorer and a redeemer and a resurrector. Might have some bad days and it may not look good for a little while. But we're not going to quit. We're going to believe God to help. Amen. Now let's, let's get into this idea of perspective. Let's talk about the way we see it. As believers, we have a different perspective on life. We've got some information that, that has been given to us through the scriptures, through the Holy Spirit, to, to help us deal and have a different perspective on life. We've got a different point of view. We, we see things at different angles than, than the world does and other people do. The, the idea of perspective is how you see the light, how you see the life or the world around it, how you see yourself, how you see God. It's your take on things. That's your perspective. And from your perspective comes your attitude, comes your disposition, comes all of your actions, comes your faith and your belief system, your hope, and, and the way you love and treat people. It all comes out of the perspective or the point of view that you have. And we understand from, from the perspective of the cross and the resurrection that they are the proof and the Holy Spirit living on the inside of me is the guarantee that God will raise us up. That's what Paul just said. Just as he raised up Jesus, he'll raise us up. The cross and the resurrection and the giving of the Holy Spirit, they are our guarantees that just as it happened for Jesus, it will happen for us. We live with that and we hold tight to that. And for, for those that we love too, we hold that truth. So perspective is real important. How you see things are real important. Now let's, let's just show you a couple pictures here. Let's, let's do a little perspective game. Let's see what you see. All right, you see this picture right here? What do you see? Do you see anything right there? What do you see? Tell me. You see a man's face right there? A person's face, maybe look like they got some glasses on. If you see the face, look, look, here's the chin. 
There's the nose. There's the lips right there. You see that kind of thing? What about a different perspective? Anybody else see anything else? You see the word liar, don't you? L-I-A-R, right there. See the R? It's written in cursive for all you who don't know about that. It <laughs> ain't talk no more, I don't think. Not, not, not like it used to be with us. <laughs> yeah, it ain't on the keyboard. That's right. All right. Now, what, what do you see in this picture? All right. Which center dot is bigger? Which one's bigger? Which one's bigger? How many want this one's bigger? This one's bigger. How many say this one's bigger? All of you wrong. They are the exact same size. Yep. See, look at Look at same, same, same big, as I tell Lily when she's little. That's the same big. <laughs> but what changed? What, what, what's the, the, the see these, the, the surroundings change the perspective. There's a sermon right in that little picture right there. The surroundings can change your perspective and cause you to see things that are not necessarily there. Hmm. Last one, here, right here. All right, what do you see? You see faces or vases? What do you see? Let me see faces. You see? See the face? They're face-to-face. -face. See, each pair is face-to-face. -face. There's face-to-face. -face. There's face-to-face. -face. How many of you see vases? Now look at the black. You see the vases? It's all about what you see. The way you see it. Your, your angle, your perspective. What's that? What'd you say, Brown? Some, what'd you, somebody see something else I didn't see? <laughs> But that's just a funny way to say, you know, as we look at the same thing, people see things differently. What God wants us to see is to see things the way he sees them. That's what the scripture is all about. Now, now, as we read through the text, we, we've got these pairings again. You know, we talked about the hard press, you know, but not, not crushed. All those pairings that we looked at, the four that we looked at earlier. We got some more. We got like five more pairings right here. Paul just as a masterful writer here, inspired by the Holy Spirit, he just puts these things in contrast so as to see in, in sentence form. See these words, opposites, contrast? He says, our outward body is perishing, but our inward man is renewed. So you get the idea of perishing versus renewed. You got the idea of light affliction versus the weight of glory. You got the idea that these things are happening for moments in time. But there's something God wants to put in us that's eternal. Not just seeing the moment, but seeing the eternal. Okay? And then he starts talking about that we, 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 there's this realm that we see. The natural, it's all around us. But he also puts it in contrast. He said, but there's also another reality that is actually more real than the reality that you see. Because the reality here came out of the real reality, which you can't see, which is God himself. And he has a kingdom that's invisible. He has beings that are invisible, angels and angelic hosts. There's a kingdom that we can't see. And what we understand through the scriptures is that what we see came out of what we don't see. <laughs> Everything that's visible came out of the invisible realm. <laughs> just make your brain just fry like an egg at Waffle House. <laughs> then you got temporary. These, uh, these things are happening on a temporary scale. You've got to remember that's temporary. And you can't make permanent decisions based on temporary data. They're temporary, but there is something that's eternal. There is a kingdom that's eternal. 
All right. We can, so which side dominates your perspective? Okay. You, we, earlier we saw faces or vases. Which one are we seeing as we go through life? Are we seeing this negative column? Well, certainly we see it. But what are you focusing on? Are you focused on this negative more? Because all the TV and all the media and all that kind of stuff, guess which one they focus on? Guess which one they feed you about a spoonful every half a second? All of this. God in his word wants to take our vision, our perspective, and shift it. It's not that we deny this reality. It's that we just lean into a greater reality. We lean into this idea that God is at work and eternity is real and we're getting ready for it. Okay. All right. There's going to, we'll unpack this a little bit more. Okay. So let's just look at three perspectives as we just unpack 16, 17, and 18. All right. Let's see here. Am I, did I, my microphone fell off. Lord have mercy. That, that's the one that feeds the internet. Is, is the Facebook working by the way? Is it? Okay, good. Been having some internet issues and all that. Imagine that. <laughs> Perspective number one. Let's see this. Verse 16. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Read that with me. Even though our outward man is perishing, Yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. All right. So, so now lots of bad stuff happening around me and maybe even me going through physically some changes in my body. Lord have mercy. Anybody know about that kind of stuff from your back to your knees to your, you know, your liver, your kidneys, your, your blood sugar, your, what are your neck bones? You know, all that kind of stuff over there. <laughs> all kind of stuff. You, the physical man is not always in a good way and you can work it out, but the bad news is it's wearing out. You know what I'm saying? It just is. It's just part of being in this reality we're in, this scene reality. Lots of bad stuff happening around me, but lots of good stuff happening inside of me. As a follower of Jesus, that what's happening on the inside of me is more important than what's happening on the outside of me. All right? So when we go through all the difficulties, you can get spiritually stronger while going through hard times. Do you know that? That you can get stronger on the inside while things on the outside are not looking real good. Anybody ever had that experience and known anybody like that? It seemed like life fell apart, but their faith got stronger. Their trust got bigger. Their hope grew. And, of course, you can get weaker, too. We can't, we can't lose that. If you're not careful, there are things that can knock us off track. There are things that can skew our perspective to where we, we really can't get a grasp anymore. We're, we're having a hard struggling time about things. There's that reality of it too. So we've got to be very careful during these seasons because there's a lot of temptation on this path. The old saying is, in life, when it hits you hard, you can become bitter or you can become better. You, you know that saying? You've heard that. You can be bitter you can be better. And we all know people who have gone through hard times and, and loss and pain and all kinds of difficulty and they didn't get better, but they got bitter. And they stay there. We all know people like that. But what God wants to do in our lives is to, is to make us a better people. He's not going to exempt us from the trouble that's going on in the world. I, I, I wish he would, but the truth of the matter is if we were exempt from all the trouble, we would be absolutely sorry individuals, to be honest with you. Because we all know the stories of the, the spoiled rich kid that nobody likes. You know. So we can become bitter or we can become better. 
Now, how, how does this happen? happen? How does this growing on the inside, me strengthening on the inside, how does that happen? It's not just going to happen because you want it to. It's, you're going to have to really do some work. There's a lot of work. Even though we're saved by grace, there's a lot of work for us to do to apply it to our lives. God wants you as a partner. Look at Romans 12, 1 and 2. Listen to what Paul says right here. He's talking about how this renewal inside of us happens. He says, I beseech you, I'm, I'm begging you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice. That's a good worship practice to do. That's one thing we try to do when we sing and worship together. We, we come and we present ourselves to God. You need to find an altar at your house, whether it be in your car or whether it be at the foot of your bed or wherever it be in your recliner or whatever it might be. You might have a favorite spot out on the back 40 or whatever it might be. You need to find a place regularly where you can present yourself a living sacrifice to God. Find you an altar. You can use these if you need to. But present yourself a living sacrifice to God. That's a good step. Present your body a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And listen to this. This is about the renewal process on the inside. And do not be conformed to this world. Oh, man. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So don't be conformed to the world the way it does things, the way it thinks about life, the way it handles their finances, the way it handles their, their children, the way it raises or instills values. Don't, don't be conformed to this world. And I'm going to tell you, the world knows how to put a lot of pressure on us. The world knows how to work our thinking. It's, it's a lot craftier than we realize sometimes. Paul right here says, be careful that you're not pressed into the mold of the way the world thinks. Be careful about that. But instead, you can go through a transformation process on the inside of yourself to where you are stronger in the way you think and what you believe. He calls that the renewing of the mind. If, if, if something needs to be renewed, then there's something probably wrong with it. There's a blemish there somewhere that needs to be worked out or, or there's an overhaul that needs to happen. Well, there's a real overhaul in our thinking that needs to happen. And we need to be renewed in the way we think because it triggers right here. It triggers right here in your mind. What you think. So there's, there's lots more we could talk about in Romans 12, 1 and 2. When that scripture popped up, I was like, oh, Lord, I'll be there for about four days. There's a lot right there. We'll, we'll talk about Romans here before too long. Lord willing. So God wants to help you think like he does. See, that's what the idea of the scriptures is all about, especially the New Testament. God wants you to think like he does. The Greek word is the word logos for the word word. The word logos, you've seen that? Like, it looks like the word logos, L-O-G-O-S, logos. And it simply is where we get our word logic. It's, it's God wants you to think like he thinks so that you can do what you're supposed to do. God wants us to think clearly. He wants to help us with that. So he gives us his word. He says, this is the way I see it. Our job is to let that renew our minds and embrace it. But God's not the only one in this game. God's not the only one in the mind game. Warning here. Others want to do the same thing to you too, don't they? They want to shape the way you think. Whoever controls the information you receive controls the way you think. 
So I admonish you, beg you, do not put your brain in the hands of the world. Put your mind in the hands of God and let him wash your brain. They're trying to brainwash you. God wants to wash your brain. You understand the difference? So he wants to take his word. And he, and so, so take your mind and put it in God's hands and let it be saturated with his word. It'll, it'll, it'll make all the difference. So perspective number one, what is happening in you is more important than what is happening around you. So let me ask you this. In this season, what's, what's going on inside of you? Fear? I mean, you can just be real. I mean, you don't have to tell me right now, but you just need to be honest about it. Is your faith stronger? Is your faith weaker? You know? Is your hope stronger? Is your hope weaker? Is your fear level greater? Or is it, you know, what's happening on the inside of you? Because what's happening in here is more important than what's, what's happening. Somebody said it like this. What's happening at your house is more important than what's happening at the White House. I can promise you. Keep that perspective. So focus on renewing your mind with the Word of God. Focus. Keep that perspective. Focus on making your inner man stronger. That, that's, the, that's one of the things that really concerns me with people in the, of the faith being disconnected like they are. Are they really personally digging in, focusing in, doing what they need to do to keep themselves strong? Maybe they are. I, I'm, not, I'm not here to judge that. Maybe they are, but chances are there's a reason God said that we should come together as believers because likely... The banana that leaves the bunch gets peeled. You know. Be careful. Stay connected. Stay focused on renewing your mind. The second perspective is this. Verse 17. Listen to what he says right here. And if you know anything about Paul's life, this really has a lot of gravity to it. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a, a far more exceeding and eternal way to glory. Hmm. That's an interesting perspective, isn't it? Did you, did you see this? See, the cross is the proof of this, that, that God is at work even when it looks like it's lost, even when it looks like it's gone, even when, it, even when Jesus looks like he's dead, God is still working this eternal weight of glory, even though there, there, there are terrible things that are happening. The cross is the proof of this. Listen, listen to what it says, 1 Corinthians 2, 7 and 8. It says this, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. See, they, they didn't have the perspective that God had. They didn't know what God was doing. God knew. God knew. The cross is the proof that God can work through trouble, and he does. God is at work in my trouble to turn it around for good. You believe that? To turn around for my good and his glory. I, I say it like this. We serve the God who reverses, redeems, restores, and resurrects. He can reverse the curse. He can redeem people out of their sins. He can redeem them out of their calamity. He can restore a broken life. He can resurrect the dead. Whether that be metaphorically or literally, he could do it all. And my challenge is to keep an eternal perspective as I go through momentary struggles. Because, beloved, here, here, here's a kingdom secret. What's coming is really good. 
What's coming is far better than what we experience here on this earth. What's coming is better. Keep that perspective. And the last, the third one here. While we don't look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So you got this, this seen versus unseen. You got this visible versus the invisible. And you got this natural realm, which we're all a part of, versus the spiritual realm. So we got all these perspectives, all these things coming. And Paul reminds us right here that there is a higher reality than what you see around you. There's a higher reality. He says it like this. He says, we do not look at what is seen. You've got to kind of dig into what he's meaning right here. What, what, what does he mean? Do we not see what's happening in front of us? Oh, no, that's not what he's saying. We, we don't deny the reality. I think the idea here, let me just submit this to you. The idea he's saying is, is that we do not focus on what's seen. We do not get obsessive over all the de details of life. We don't get obsessive over the things that are happening, the difficulties. We don't allow them to dominate our thoughts and our decisions and our actions and reactions. We don't allow these things because we're not, because you know how your mind is when you get in a difficult spot. If you're not careful, your mind will absolutely obsess over that. Ask me how I know that. <laughs> And he says, what we don't do as believers, we don't get obsessive over all the difficulty that's happening. He says it like this in the very next chapter, just a few thoughts later. He says, as believers, what we do is we walk by faith and not by sight. Says, that's a different way to do it, isn't it? That's, that's a different way to approach life. That's a different way and a different perspective. That to walk by faith and not by sight. Now, that's odd. These kind of things are why people call Christians oddballs, to be honest with you. That's a nice way to say it. But we are a people who walk by faith because faith is by the word. It's in what God says. It's in God's promises. It's in God's truth. We walk according to that and not according to what we feel in our senses and what we see with our eyes. You got to train yourself for that. How do you train yourself? Romans 10, 17. How do you get faith so that you can walk by it? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Say that with me. For faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the word has got to get in you. It's got to get all in you. It's got to saturate your mind. It's got to be a part of your dailies. It's got to be in you. In order for you to walk by it. Hear me. So that's a whole different perspective. It's a different way to live. So we're not focused on the scene. We're not focused on the trouble. We're not focused on the chaos around us. Now, what do you do? Well, you got to be careful what you watch. Old, old, old children's church song. You remember that deal? Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. For the Father up above is looking down on love. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Come on, praise the Lord here. Amen. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. Amen. Be careful, little ears, what you... You know what I'm talking about? And Lord, be careful, little mouth, what you... Oh, man, we, that's, it's getting convicting already, ain't it? We needed to go to children's church this morning, that's all. 
But we've got to be careful what we see and what we take in. And we've all taken in more than we need to. We've all been poisoned by the lies. We've all been poisoned by the media and all the things that are coming our way. We've been poisoned by these things and we don't know what to do. We're reeling and we're spinning out of control and our focus needs to get back on God, His Word, His kingdom, His will, His plan, His leading and His purposes. That's the only salvation we've got. And if you're looking for help to come in the mail and the check, the stimulus check or looking for the government to help you, you need your head examined. They're not here to help. And you're a fool if you're looking to it for help. I'm just telling you. Bye, Facebook. We'll see (laughs) y'all. And we're not trying to demonize people, but our hope has never been in anything that man constructs or anything man can do. Our hope is in the Lord. So focus on his kingdom. Now, listen to what Jesus says as we close it out here. Jesus says this, keep this perspective. To seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. You know, that's, that's the passage on don't worry. Matthew chapter 6. Don't worry about it. Don't, don't, don't bother yourself. He talks about the birds and the flowers. Remember that passage? That, that's that passage. Now, that is the summary statement to all the things he just said. What we need to do is to seek first the kingdom. Now, what, what does it mean to seek after something? If you lose your keys and you don't know where in the world you put them, what do you do? You, you look all over the place. You look, you look in your jacket pocket. You look over in your car. You look under the seat. You, you look in the cushions of the couch. And you ask the kids. You ask everyone, anybody seen my keys? Because you're seeking after the keys, right? Well, that's what we do with the kingdom of God. When we go into situations, when we, when we face the day, when we go to work, we seek the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the idea that God is at work. It's God's rule and God's work that's going on around us. So what we do is we look for where God is at work. See, we're looking to see the invisible. That's what he's talking about. Everybody sees the visible. Everybody sees the chaos. Everybody heard the gossip. Everybody knows what's going on in all the details of the story. Everybody sees what they can see. But there needs to be a people in the earth can, can, to, who can see what nobody else sees, who can see the unseen. So when we come into situations or jobs or whatever it might be, we ask God, what are you doing here? If you're praying about the White House and all the stuff, of the God, what are you doing? I see what the Republicans are doing. I see what the Democrats are doing. I'm not foolish to that. But God, what are you doing here? Bring it down to a personal level. God, what are you doing in my family? What are you doing in my job? What, things got stirred up. What, what are you doing? And then what do you want me to do about it? What do you want me to do? You'll see some things change. So what we do in this perspective is we look for his unseen, invisible hand. That's what it means to seek the kingdom. We look for his unseen, invisible hand. What's he doing? He's at work somewhere. I I, I 100% guarantee you. That's my little word I say. I 100% guarantee you. Or I guarantee 100% to you. I say it like that too. (laughs) You say that too? (laughs) All right. 
my last close. <laughs> the way we see it. Just in summary. First perspective. The scripture gives us a host of others, but this is just right here, right before us. The first perspective we talked about, focus on renewing your mind with the word of God. Get stronger in your inner self, in your inner person, your inner man. Get stronger inside. Get your faith stronger. You're going to need it. Number two, keep an eternal perspective as you go through momentary struggles. Keep eternity in view. In fact, I believe Wednesday night we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the idea of eternal judgment and what that means as we get back into our foundation teaching. Keep an eternal perspective. And remember, what's ahead is a lot better than what's here. And the third thing, focus on God and His kingdom. His will, His plan, His leading. I believe Jesus taught us to pray that way, didn't He? You, you, you know the prayer, Our Father who art in heaven... Hallowed or holy be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Jesus taught us to pray. I mean, he wants us to pray that daily. He wants that to be a, a focus of our mind and, and, and a primary thing that we're, we're, we're just targeting all day. We want God's name. We want God's kingdom. We want God's will to be honored and done. Look for God's unseen, invisible hand. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we need your help. And we're so grateful that we're not in all of this on our own, just by ourselves. You promise to help us, Holy Spirit. You promise to teach us. You promise to guide us. You promise to correct us when we're off track and when we're thinking wrong. You promise to help us, and we are so grateful. So we plead for your help. We ask again, oh, great helper, help us. We've been bombarded by news and images, rhetoric, lies, all kind of stuff. Nationally, personally, some of it just rattling around in our own head. Secure us and set us free by your truth. Send your word and heal us. Physically, we need healing, Lord. But certainly mentally, Lord, we need healing. We don't think right. We don't see things right. Help us. Help us get in your word, Lord. Help your word come alive to us. In the name of Jesus, amen.